0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. Now get ready to receive a word from God. Second Kings chapter 4. That comes right after 1 Kings. Somebody got it. Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 4. God is good, amen? I said God is good. I don't need to look around to determine that. I don't need to be going through perfectly good times to determine that. That's already been predetermined. You know, in life it helps you to go ahead and determine what's already been decided. Go ahead and realize the things that don't change. Come to the conclusion that God is who he is, regardless of what I'm in, regardless of who's in office, regardless of what challenge we're facing, regardless of our natural circumstances. God does not change based on what we are around. And so if, it, if this is the first time you've heard it this week, I just want to remind you again, God is good. God is on the throne. God has a plan and he will see that plan through to fruition, through completion, amen. 2 Kings chapter four, and I want to start with verse 42. Verse 42, and it says this, a man from baal Shalishah came to the man of God with his sack full, everyone say full, his sack full of 20 loaves of barley bread from the first bread of the harvest. Elisha said, give it to the people to eat. Now to give you some context and to back you up a little bit, the uh, there has been a famine a devastating famine in the land up at this up to this point. So to get any kind of crop and to get to yield any kind of harvest at this time, this is a bountiful harvest. And notice that it said there was a sack full. I mean, that's that means something when in the midst of famine, in the midst of devastation, you have a, a blessing. And notice the first thing this man does is he brings the first of that crop. To the Lord, to the man of God. I tell you what, you want to make sure any increase you have in your life, you acknowledge the Lord with it. So many times we, we leave God out of the blessing, but he's the first one we go to when we're hurting. I see so many times that people will run to church or run to pastors or run to, for, for godly wisdom and godly direction when you need it, but then the second he gives it to you and things start playing out and things start moving in the right direction, all of a sudden we don't see him as much. We're not searching as much. Man, we're broken on our knees, crying out when we needed him, and then he shows up, he shows out, he moves the mountain, he parts the sea, he brings the wall down, and then we forget about him. We forget about them. We we forget about the God of miracles until we need one. That's why faithfulness is so important. That's why understanding and keeping our eye on what God has brought us through, not to be stuck in the past, but to allow his faithfulness in the past to show us a new future, a hope for the future. One thing I've found out in my life is every challenge I come through has another one on the backside. Anybody found that out yet? It's, it's a cycle. It's, it's gonna happen. There, you're going to face something and the next one always seems bigger than the last one, doesn't it? The next challenge quickly makes you forget what God just brought you out of. But I wanna be a church that remembers. I wanna be a church that thinks on. I wanna be a church that sets my mind, sets my mind that's immovable, unfixed, cannot be swayed, cannot be persuaded, cannot be challenged, cannot be changed because my God is who he said he is that will never change. What is in front of me is not greater than what he just did before me. But in this moment of famine, we're seeing a man is blessed and he does what? He acknowledges what God did for him and he brings a sack full of 20 loaves of barley bread from the first bread of the harvest. And Elisha said this, give it to the people to eat. Give it to the people to eat. Verse 43, but Elisha's attendant asked, what? Am I to set this before a hundred men? All of a sudden, what seemed like enough and what seemed full and what seemed like abundance all, all of a sudden seems deficient and not enough. Isn't that amazing? That, that what at one season felt like we had enough of in another season doesn't feel like it's enough, doesn't feel like it's going to be the answer, be the solution, be, the, be the, 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 what, the blessing. All of a sudden, the blessing is minuscule. And this is what we have to be careful of is the enemy, if he can't keep you from blessing, he will get you to devalue it. If he can't keep God from blessing you, then he'll make you think less of the blessing than you ought to. This is what the enemy will do. Our our culture celebrates the wrong things. Our culture celebrates You know, having a lot, having overabundance, having too much, having excess. But my message to you today is what can God do with a little? What can God do with a little? A little bit. It always starts with the little. It's the little things, right? It's the little things. We use that a lot in our marriages. It's the little things that go a long way. It's the little things that count. It's the little things. You know, if you're, 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 Saving up to pay off debt or to buy a house or buy a car. you know it's it's the little bit of savings, putting away little by little that over time what mounts up, it it begins to grow and it begins to increase. But here's the thing is we're not really good at the little things. We tell God this, if I won the lottery, I' I'd, I'd pay my tithe, right? No, tithe is not measured by how much you have. Tithe is measured by your heart. Meaning, regardless of what you have, it's a habit and a plan that you put in place, regardless of the amount. But it's the little things. And I think God is a God that wants us to value a little bit. Now, I know we serve a great God. We serve a God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We serve a God that has created this entire universe as at the, the, the uh, result of a spoken word. We serve a God that can do great and mighty and powerful things. We serve a God, we read about in the Bible, of a, a God that has parted seas. A God that has caused uh, slaves to become owners of a promised land. Uh, A God that takes a shepherd boy and has him go out and fight a giant warrior. Uh, A God that can do the great and the mighty. And sometimes we become so fixated on the great and the mighty that we miss what God is doing in the small and the tiny. The little bit. And so we do things like this, like the Israelites in Numbers chapter 13, when they finally made it to the promised land and Moses was uh, directed by God to send in 12 spies. 10 of them came back with a report and they said, This, we are just grasshoppers in their sight. Oh, we have opportunities, uh, you know, where uh, Jesus is going to feed a multitude of people and somebody shows up with five loaves and two fish and the disciples say, there's no way. This is not enough. This is a small amount of food. And so what do we do? We instantly begin to measure the blessing or measure what we have to what we are supposed to be solving, to what we need. And the enemy will always get you to get your eyes off of what you have by getting your eyes on what you don't have. The enemy is great at this. He did this in the garden. He did this in the garden with Adam and Eve. They had access to everything, didn't they? They they could eat from any tree in the garden. He had already supplied. Think about all that Adam and Eve had access to in the garden instantaneously. They didn't have to work for it. It was given to them. It was theirs. It was theirs to steward over. It was theirs to take care of. It was theirs to oversee. It was there to grow and become bountiful and to multiply. It was theirs to feed them, be their sustenance, what was going to sustain them and take care of them. But the enemy comes in, the snake comes in and does what? Gets their eyes on the one thing they couldn't have. It's amazing that... There's no satisfaction for those that only look at what they do not have. There's no satisfaction in that. There's no gratification in that. There's no gratitude in that. There's no trusting in God. There's no believing in what God can do. There's not even uh, the, the grateful heart of, man, God, I'm just blessed to have what I have. We live in a day and age that is always looking at others and wanting what they have and missing what we have access to ourselves. And I said this, I think it was last week or the week before, that those same people that you're looking at are looking back at you wanting what you have. Yeah. And so we've got to learn how to value a little bit. We got to learn how to place value on the small things and the small ways that God is moving. This is one thing I know is God doesn't do anything small. It might be small in our eyes. I remember when we first started our church here and when we first started our church in St. Augustine in 2004, you know, nine years, we're celebrating nine years this month of Anchor Faith Church here in Valdosta. God has been faithful. God has grown us. God has has, has done amazing things. Those of you that have been riding with us from day one, we appreciate your faithfulness. You know who you are, but we appreciate you sticking with us from day one. But you know, day one, it was small. Day one was little, little crowds, little influence, little building, little space. I mean, everything was on a small scale. Little finance, great vision. But when I look at a great vision and I have little resource, you know what I do? I see the gap of emptiness in between of what we don't have. Pastor Earl taught us something very early on in St. Augustine. He said, we will never call ourselves a small church. He says, we will call ourselves a beginning church because God doesn't do anything. I don't care if there's two people in the room. It's big to God. It's a big deal. We have to learn to make a big deal of the small things. We have to learn to make a big deal of the five loaves and the two fish. We have to learn to make a big deal of the 300 against 120,000 Gideon. What did God do? God depleted his army. God God sifted his army out and drained them all the way down to 300 mediocre men to go fight against. He was already in a deficit with 30,000. And he went from 30,000 to 300 at God's command. Sometimes God isn't adding. I'm not saying God is taking away. I'm saying God is trying to get you down to what really matters. God is trying to get us down to what we ought to value. God is trying to get us down to what is really important. And sometimes we build up so much excess that it, it, it diffuses our trust in him. God will never bless us beyond our capacity to live in faith. You better grab a hold of that because God is not going to increase you and, and advance you and grow you so much that you don't have to live by faith. Why? Because it's impossible to please God without faith. Man, if he gives you a million dollars, and guess what? You've got a million dollar vision in there somewhere. I mean, the vision for this church and, 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 and for, you know, I, I tell people all the time, if God gave us a million dollars today, I'd spend it. It wouldn't just sit in the count. It's going to go to work for the kingdom of God. We got work to do. And we got we got vision. We got plans. We've got things that we haven't even touched yet. I could spend it today. Not out of being careless and reckless, out of stewarding what God has put in in our hearts and it costs stuff and God will make sure that provision comes to the vision. That's all it is to God, it's provision. But the thing is, is I can't sit around waiting for God to do this magnanimous thing and not steward the small thing that I have access to right now. I don't wait to tithe until I have it. I tithe when I don't. Create the habit now in the small things because to God, it's big. Well, he gets a command. Elisha gives a command and says, I want you to feed 100 men with 20 barley loaves. And instantly, the attendant, the assistant, responds with, what? Don't, do we do that to God? We, what? Who? Why? We, 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 got the, we got the five W's down with God. Who, what, when, where, why, How? Right? We got all we are good at asking God questions. Now remember the instruction. Elisha commanded, he said, give it to the people to eat. And instantly we don't see blessing all of a sudden. We saw blessing when it was a sack full, but now we see deficit when we measure it against the need or measure it against what God wants to do. And many times, this is what happens. It was blessing in one season, and now it's deficient. Now it's deficit in another season. Anybody with me? Y'all been there? And so he goes on, Elisha's attendant asks, what, am I to set this before a 100 men? And look at Elisha's response. Give it to the people to eat. He repeats himself. No new instruction, but he says this, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat, and they will have some left over. Mm. And so he said it before them, and as the Lord had promised, they ate and had some left over. So the enemy wants to dis- he wants to destroy and he wants to devalue and diminish what we. Have and what we think is enough. First of all, we have to understand this that God can do far more with what you have than you can. If you recall in the New Testament, in the New Testament, we know of opportunities where food was multiplied, don't we? And it wasn't until the boy, the little boy, brought his lunch and put it in Jesus' hands that it had the capacity to reproduce and multiply and become what it did. The first thing we have to understand is we've got to get it in God's hands. Now, as long as you have it, it will remain small. It's not about the size of it. It's about what can you do with it. It's not about the size of it. It's about what can you do with it. And here's what I know. I can't do, I can't multiply five loaves into, I don't care what kind of recipe you have. I don't care what kind of of knife set you've got. There's no way you're dividing five loaves and two two fish. There's no way you're taking 20 barley loaves of bread and you are dividing it amongst and creating this great multiplication. It's not happening. It's not taking place. But guess who can? God. But guess what I have to do? I have to give it to God. That means I have to let go of the little bit. See, when we have a little bit, we become very, um, um, uh, what's, what? Huh? Possessive, stingy. You watch over it. You guard it. It's like, I've got to take care of this. This is all I got. You got a little bit of joy, then you can't help somebody else get joy. I barely got joy for myself. I can't help somebody else find peace in their life. I barely got enough peace in my life. God will always ask for the little bit that you have. The increase only comes when you give it. You'll never see it increased in your care. You'll never, what did he say? Cast your cares on him. Because he cares for you. Why? He knows you can't take care of it yourself. You can't manage it. The the whole reason why that verse is there, because he knows you'll get in scenarios where you will try to take care of it on your own. And he's letting you know, remember, cast your cares on me. There are some things that are only going to grow and only produce results in your life when you give it away. Period. When you put it in God's hands. So I know that's hard. When you only have a little bit, you want to hold on to what you have. You don't want to be giving. You don't want to be care, get careless and giving away and letting go of the small amount that you have. You want to retain that. You want to guard that at all costs. Y'all remember the, the, the parable of the master with the three servants. One was given five talents, one was given two talents, and one of them was given one. What did the one with the one do? For fear of losing it, for fear of risking it, for fear of of not being able to return back to his mouth, he hid it. The one with the one. We become very careful rather than recognizing, I need to cast this. I've got to put it in the hands of the one that can multiply it. This man came to the man of God, came to the prophet Elijah and said, this I'm giving to you. In the middle of a famine, it'd be real easy to say, I need to hold on to this. We're in famine. It's devastating times. I'd be crazy to let go of crop. I'd be crazy to let go of harvest. This is not a time I want to be giving away. This is a time you want to be safeguarding and holding on to. And he made the right choice. He brought it to the man of God. Then the man of God says, we're going to take this and we're going to disperse it, and it's going to meet the need of many. And instantly, the attendant sees the deficit rather than the blessing. Instantly, the attendant sees what the enemy brings distraction to do. He distracts you by showing you what you don't have instead of focusing on what you do have. This is the challenge that we're faced with. Look at Matthew chapter 17. Look at Matthew chapter 17. I want to challenge this thought of it's just a little. I would put it this way. It starts with a little. It starts with a little. But we serve a God that takes a little and turns it into leftovers. Did you hear me? We serve a God where we started and we were in the hole. We were at a deficit, but where you end up, you have excess more than you know what to do with. I believe my Bible tells me that we serve a God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we what? Ask or think. You know why we don't ask or think? Because we think it's too little. How many times do we fail to bring God the little bit? And we even have the conversation with God, I would if I could, right? You ever heard someone say, I would if I could? I would if I could. I I, I would if I could. Maybe you could if you would. God is wanting to bring the could to your would. God is wanting to show you what is possible if you will just start out, step out with what you have right now. With what you have right now. Why? Because it requires faith. I tell you what, faith, faith moves God. Faith moves God. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. When they reached the crowd, a man approached and knelt before him. Lord, he said, have mercy on my son because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus replied, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Notice the disdain that Jesus has because his disciples were unable to cast out the, the demon out of this child when the father brought this child to his disciples. I mean, it, it, it just sounds irritated, frustrated, like almost that, do I have to do everything? Have I not empowered you? Have I not equipped you? Have you not followed me? Have you not watched me? Have you not seen me? Watch what he does. When Jesus Rebute the demon, it came out of him, and from that moment, the boy was healed. Then the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we drive it out? Look at verse 20. He says, because of your little faith. Now, if he stopped right there, we would think, oh, well, they just didn't have enough faith. Right? We, would, we would come to the conclusion they had little faith and apparently we need great faith to cast out demons. I mean, that's basically the, uh, com, uh, the, the connotation that we have here. That, that's what we can come to the conclusion. He's telling his disciples, you don't have enough. We get in these situations all the time in life where we feel like we don't have enough. Again, we have what we have. But we immediately see the deficit. We immediately see the gap. And you know what you are supposed to fill that gap with? Faith. Notice that the, the instruction from Elisha to the attendant was to give the food to the people to eat. Well, here's what we need to understand. When I'm short on resources, when I'm short on resources, It's my responsibility that makes up the difference. When I'm short on resources, I have to close that gap and I have to make up the difference with my responsibility. What am I saying? The command was to give to the people to eat. You can do that. If it means that you hand out bread until you run out, you can follow the command. But instead of just starting out with what he had. He stopped and said, what? How, how, how is this supposed to feed that? How is this supposed to meet that need? How are these wor- resources supposed to meet this challenge? And that's what we do in life. We immediately measure the resources with the challenge. And before, this is what we want. Before I step out and obey, I need to have it all. No, it's not what God says. In fact, if you go to the the, uh, story of the five loaves and the two fish, it says, and as the disciples went, it multiplied. That means they literally, when they reached back down to grab more, there was more. They didn't have this whole abundance just all of a sudden shows like, man, look at this. We can feed all these people. Let's go. That means as they go, that this might be the last one I have. This might be the last one. This might be, but they went and it, it met the need and they had leftovers. God multiplies our obedience. If you're waiting to get it all before you step out and take the first step, you're going to be waiting all day long. You're going to wait all your life. But if you will take what you have, He's saying, just be responsible with the resource you have. Just be responsible with the resource you have. He says, because of your little faith. They had little faith. This wasn't the only time Jesus told his disciples, oh, ye of little faith, or why do you have such little faith? But it wasn't the size of the faith that was the problem. Verse 20 says, because of your little faith, he told them, He, for truly I tell you, now watch this, if you have the size of, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now watch this. I thought he just told them the reason why they couldn't cast out the demon was because they had little faith. But then he goes on an explanation of telling them what little faith can do. He says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, a mustard seed's tiny tiny. And he says, if you have that much faith, if you have microscopic faith, it's almost as if he's telling them, if you have even less faith than what you're currently showing and producing, this is what that faith can do. It can move a mountain. Nothing will be impossible for you. So here's the key. It wasn't their faith that limited them it was what they believed their faith could do that limited them. They didn't offer up the little bit of faith because they didn't think it was enough faith to produce the result that was needed for this young boy. Your sustenance, your advancement, your growth, your multiplication in your life will not be because of what you have it will be because you believe that I'm going to start with what I have I'm going to give it to God and I'm going to watch him increase it grow it and then it will meet the need I'm talking to a I'm talking to people that all of us have a little bit everybody in this room has a little bit Everybody in this room has a little bit of joy, a little bit of peace, a little bit of patience, a little bit of faith, a little bit of finance. We all have a small amount of something that we have all written off. I can't do anything with that. Maybe you have just a little bit of love. Maybe you just have a little bit of vision. God wants to start with a little. It all starts with a little. We are not going to be a people that are going to sit around and wait for God to do something great and then start. We're going to put the hand to the plow. We're going to take the little bit. If we have a little bit of influence, I'm going to use it. If I have a little bit of finance, I'm going to share it. If I have a little bit of generosity, I'm going to put it to work. If I have a little bit of peace, I'm going to give it. If I have a little bit of joy, I'm going to express it. You've got to learn to start with a little God wants to use a little bit God always starts with a little bit this whole last month I was sharing with you about the vision of our church and what vision does and why it's important to live with vision and I want to tell you right now we are here today where we're at today today Many of you have walked in these doors for the first time just in the last several months. I mean, it's it's been amazing to me to see what God has done in the midst of a pandemic. In the midst of utter chaos, God is still moving. But I want you to know what we see today is because we started with a little bit. Dynamite comes in Small packages. I'm telling you right now, what 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 is possible in your life with the little bit you have. I, I I it's probably one of the things that pains me the most as a pastor is to watch people squander a little bit, a little bit. We have this idea that we have to. Impress God with what we put on the altar. Impress God with what we have. Impress God with our stuff. We have this wrong idea about God that it's not until I can do this or not until I can do that. God wants a little bit. We have to take the limitations off of what little can do if he can multiply five loaves into two fish, if he can take slaves and, be, and take them and make them promised land owners, defeating their enemies left and right, defeating giants left and right, if God can take a shepherd boy, if God can take a, 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 a fatherless, childless couple upwards into their 90s, And caused that man to be a father of many nations. I can tell you time after time where God took something small and made something great. But it wasn't until they put their small in God's hands and trusted him with it. That it was able to produce what God knew it could produce the whole time. God is not waiting for you to have it all together. God is not waiting for you to impress him with all your stuff. God is not waiting for you to accumulate this, this, and this and says, okay, now I can do something with you. If God has done something in your life when you brought something small, just show me your hands. Man, when I didn't think he could do it, he multiplied it. He increased it. He advanced it. I mean, it it was beyond me. It was bigger than me, but he did it. He supplied it. He multiplied it. We serve a God that is in the multiplication business. I encouraged our teams this morning during our our team huddle as we were getting ready to to welcome you and serve you. I said, all you have to bring is a little bit. We've all had challenging weeks. We've all gone through stuff. We're all facing the same chaos and the same issues. But I'm telling you, if you'll bring God a little bit, I said, you will walk out of here with leftovers. You'll walk out of here. I tell you what, you can ask any of our teachers back there, any of our team members with your children, you can ask that they, they will serve when they've had a bad week. They'll serve when really they need to be sitting in this room hearing this word and hearing this message. They will serve and they will give of their time when they need someone to serve them and minister to them. They will serve and I tell them, Every time, you will not miss anything because you're in a classroom. It's amazing what you can get when you give. If you remember that verse, he says, give and it will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. Notice that the measure you get back is greater than the measure you put in. But you have to have the faith to put it in. You have to have the faith to invest it. You have to have the faith to take the risk, take the chance. You have to have the, fat, the, the faith to step out and start with a little. I know in my own personal life, anytime that I hung on to a little, thinking it was all I had, I lost it. But anytime I gave up the little, I got back more than I had to start with. And I'm not just talking money. God's done that in my life with finances. But he's done that in my life with joy. He's done that in my life where I need someone, needed someone to minister to me. And he put someone in my life to me. I mean, God is funny how he works. If there's something you need a lot of times he will bring someone else in your life that needs the very thing you need. You need healing in your body and he will direct you to someone to go pray for them to get healed. You need finances and he'll show you someone at Publix that needs their groceries paid for. And you're thinking, "Um, God, maybe you didn't hear me clearly. I'm not looking for someone to bless right now. I'm looking for someone to bless me. I'm the one in need. Hello, over here. This right here. Why does he do that? Because that's the very avenue through which he will meet your need. Guess who took those 12 baskets that were overflowing home? The little boy that brought the five loaves and two fish. That's quite a trade. That's quite an exchange. I'm going to tell you if, you, if you knew what God could do with your little, you would never withhold it. You would never guard it. You would never hold on to it. You You would never refrain from opening up and giving God all that you have and say, God, I know it's just a little bit. You know, I've I've said this before, but I believe the reason why it was a young boy that brought five loaves and two fish is because it would take the the faith of a child to believe that Jesus could do anything with five loaves and two fish. You know, many times we're afraid to, to bring God a little because we don't think it means anything. What if I told you that God wasn't looking at what you were bringing, he was looking at how you were bringing it why you were bringing it. Amen. See, we we overthink things. But when we're talking about how we're going to pay the bills and our five-year-old son comes in the room with a piggy bank and dumps out all his coins and says, will this help? Us adults would never do that. But the faith of a child says, here's 35 cents that I was saving up for ice cream. I was saving up to buy a skateboard. But if this will help you pay the bills and you're, you're thinking naturally, no. But what would that kind of faith do? See, you have to understand when you're, you're not just bringing finance, you're bringing faith. You're not just bringing money, you're bringing faith. You're attaching faith to that. And this isn't even about money. This is about bringing God something small. I want to see a church that we don't miss any small opportunity anymore. We don't overlook any little chances anymore. We, in fact, we will, i I tell you what, I look for those small opportunities now because that is the very avenue by which God wants to bring increase and advance us. Worship team, if you come. It's a simple message. It's a little message, if you will, but it's power packed. It's power packed if you will put the principle of bringing God the small thing, watch what he will do, watch what he will turn it into. I don't know about you, I've exhausted myself trying to turn little into great. I've done it. I I have exhausted myself, wore myself out trying to turn the small things in my life into something great. If that's you this morning, I want you to find rest in knowing that if you'll just bring it to God, he'll do something greater than you ever could with it. He'll do something greater than you ever imagined could be done above all we ask or think. I don't know about you. I'm gonna start asking. I'm gonna start thinking. I don't care how small it is. I don't care. I, I am the only way God would not be pleased is if I don't attach my faith to it. The only way God would not be able to move on my behalf But when we operate by faith, faith in the small thing, faith in the little thing, it wasn't the little faith that kept the disciples from casting out that demon. It was what they believed little faith could even do. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God.